We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Justin Fields' redemption tour continues. Travis Etienne might need to just move to London. And Jamar Chase and DJ Moore combined from bind for over 100. It was a crazy week five. We're going to break it down on the Tuesday Take 5. Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. It's the Tuesday Take 5 edition of the show dave is out sick tonight so i'm flying so and solo we are going to out and review the top five performers at each of the key fantasy football positions as we've been doing each week of the season we're going to jump right into it man with the quarterbacks justin fields he was left for dead i mean his carcass was on the side of the road everyone was walking by the haters were out and they were abundant and week four he made the show uh, five performer. And in week five, he was, you know, pending Monday night football results, the top performer with 33 fantasy points. And I mean, it happened a long time ago. I mean, Thursday night feel, feels, you know, the way to see, man, these Thursday to Monday break it feels like a couple weeks sometimes, like so much has happened. But I mean, he threw four touchdowns. I mean, it was just, I mean, it was just awesome, awesome performance, performance uh, by field. Four touchdowns, 282 passing yards. Uh, did provide a little bit of a boost to his production with the rushing. He had 57 rushing yards. Still no big, long breakaway signature runs. I mean, a little over five yards a carry. No rushing touchdowns. But hey, man, if Justin Fields can give you overall QB1 uh, uh, production in any given week without a rushing touchdown, we have a major step forward. And his his chemistry with DJ Moore was just off the charts. Uh, he he has finally realized I have a real alpha and I can just trust, you know, that if I can get the ball near him, good things are gonna happen. I mean, that final DJ Moore touchdown, Fields throws it just over top of the outstretched stretched to the corner there, and, and Moore pants his foot on the sideline and is able to able to accelerate, you know, zero hundred on basically three steps. And run away from everyone. I mean, that's the type of stuff where you know it's not all on fields at that point. Like he he just has to find the playmakers, and people are getting it done. I mean, it feels like he's got a chance to really build up some momentum here. And you know, the Bears have the Bears have the Carolina Panthers first round first round picks here. I mean, they set up baby if baby if if Fields can actually get this thing done. So it's a long season. You know, we don't want to ring victory bells 
you know, in, in dynasty or even in redraft. I mean, it's been a little rocky over these five weeks, but you know, Hey, as of the recording of the show, Justin feels slotted in there as the overall QB one right now uh, with three QB one weeks and back to back weeks uh, over 30 points. And you know, that that's all you can really ask. We ask for, I mean, kind of his schedule moving forward over in the NFL uh, strength of schedule app on rotaviz.com. And, you know, he had that game road game against the, against the commander. And he just has, just has such an awesome, awesome road ahead. It gets a little dicey, dicey in the playoffs, but I mean, I'm looking for the bad matchup over the next eight games. And I mean, I can't find it. He's got a bye week in week 13. So you don't have to, you don't have to worry about that forever. But I'm just going to run this down. And th- this is, th- this is you know, now that we've more, you know, five weeks, five weeks of information on the strength streaming app, this is where it really gets interesting in terms of dynasty buys and also projecting some of these, you know, Tuesday take, Tuesday take five performances, you know, pro- you know project a forward. Week six, he's got, he's got a plus matchup against things. Week seven, he's got a plus matchup against the Raiders. Week eight, he's got a A++ matchup against the Chargers. Neutral matchup against against the Saints, Saints in week nine. Plus matchups against Carolina and Detroit in weeks 10 and 11. The repeat with the Vikings in week 12. And then the repeat with Detroit week 14. I mean, I mean, it is just smooth seas. You've got Justin Fields potentially now having great rapport with DJ Moore. Uh, Cole Komet slotting in as a, a nice, strong supporting cast. Supporting cast. And and really nice, really nice runway for fantasy production for that entire trio looking ahead. And, you know, by then, you know, if you stack up half a season's worth of stellar performances, you know, the Cleveland, Arizona, Atlanta fantasy playoffs, you know, it feels defeatable. Right. By then, maybe Fields is getting some of the rushing going. It's December. It's cold. It's cold. Chicago Bears football, old school Chicago Bears, Chicago Bears football. I mean, this is great. You know, you know I think a lot of Fields. A lot of Fields drafters were worried after those first couple of weeks, but you can breathe a sigh of relief. You know, and I mean, I mean, that might be the best fantasy schedule that you could draw up for a quarterback over the next eight weeks or so. Moving down the list here, we got, I mean, Josh Allen. I mean, uh, what, what can you say? I mean, 359 passing yard, pair of touchdowns. Uh, did have the rushing touchdowns as well to go with the passing production. 443 passing air yards. I mean, I'm looking here in the Monday review tool. Only two quarterbacks had over 400 passing air yards, passing air yards in week five, Allen and Lamar Jackson. Nobody else had over 386. So, you know, you, you get Josh Allen hurling the ball down front field like that. Obviously, good things are going to happen. Going to happen. Despite the average depth of depth of target at 11-1, he still completed 68% of his passes. That's the difference between him and Lamar Jackson. All right. Lamar Jackson had all those passing air yards. He complete, completes 10% fewer passes and, and uh, he's not getting this type of production there. So Josh Allen obviously has been a frequent flyer here, flyer here uh, on Tuesday. Take five, take five. Sh- Let's take a look at what his upcoming schedule looks like here. Uh, not, not that you're ever really benching him, but you know, sometimes you might have to rely on other, other, other play lineup it gets a little bit trickier here uh you know the giants have been such an easy team to defeat that you know teams haven't had to necessarily pass all over them they do have the patriots who are just playing terrible in week seven then a really nice four, four or five weeks that look really really nice really nice 
from week to 12 with Tampa, Cincy, Denver. You know, the tough matchup with the New York Jets in week 11 and then Philly in week 12. So, I mean, Allen can, you know, you know, dang against infants, but you know, you know, after neutral weeks here with the Giants and the Patriots, it really starts to open up nicely in the middle of the season for John. Now we get to some other, to some other, you know, two of the next three names are names that we haven't talked about as much this year. And they're not going to be frequent, you know, guys to appear in the top five at quarterback position, but they're going to, I mean, especially this next guy is going to factor in there sometimes. Jared, Jared Goff, three towns completed over 70%, 70% of his passes, just 236 passing yards with the three touchdowns. And then the one, the one rushing touchdown. So, you know, you get four total touch, total touchdowns off. He's the fantasy QB three on the week with just 159 pass air yards. And uh, we're going to talk about some of his uh, other supporting castmates and, you know, at two of the, two of the other three positions here. So it was really, really death by, by a thousand butts when you're facing the Detroit uh, Lions in week three. Jared Goff has, you know, put up, put up, a, put up a pretty so far. And he didn't, didn't have uh, Amon Ross St. Brown this week. You know, hopefully he'll get healthy relatively quickly. When I'm looking at him in the NFL Stat Explorer, I mean he's he's QB. Uh, I don't have it updated. I don't have it updated for uh, game yet. Here heading into the heading into the week, he was QB 16. You know he's he's probably going to be just in that top 12, pending Monday Night Football results. Uh, uh, B one in fantasy points over expectation per game, and that type of efficiency is what you're what you're going to see in an off as Sam Laporta and David Montgomery and Amon Ross St. Brown and Jameer Gibbs. He's got that uh, surrounding surrounding cast. You know, kind of, you know, late surge from Alex Smith, and I know I know a lot of that was on the back of kill. But you know, those teams also so had Travis Kelsey and some other nice supporting supporting cast. You know, Jared Goff is good enough to be more than a fantasy streamer. Streamer, really like in Dynasty Superflex, I mean, feeling feeling pretty good about Jared Goff at your disposal, and you know, and redraft and high stakes draft when he's got those weapons. You don't even necessarily feel like you've got to have him stacked with anybody. I mean, if I was going to have him stacked with anybody rest of season, honestly, I'd probably want it to be, be Sam Laporta and premium, especially. Uh, but, you know, it kind of feels like any of those Lions players could pop off any week. And, and you know, Ben John, really nice job as the OC up there uh, with all of those weapons at his disposal. Jalen Hurts, QB4, three passing yards and a touchdown, two rushing yards and a touchdown. You know, this is like, you know, this is Jalen Hurts that we know. Joe, Jalen Hurts and potential, potential on a thousand yard, you know, rushing and 3,500 yards passing, you know, you know, MV type Hurts, even though he's not really, not really rolling all of his receivers yet, you know, you know kind of just like he's supporting her two each week. You know, this week, this week, Dallas finally got into the mix, which is nice uh, for his managers that invested that early pick. We'll talk about him and the tight end and the tight ends there. It was at the expense, expense of Devon, but that connection with AJ Brown looks good. Jalen Hurts is getting his, and some of the other guys are still getting theirs. 196 passing air yards, 27, 27 point fantasy points on the week, just a tenth of a point behind Jared Goff. Uh, QB five, Desmond Desmond Ritter. I would have I would have taken the under on one one if you would have said five QB weeks would Desmond Ritter have in the 2023 NFL season, but. I mean, even a blind, even a blind squirrel, a few nuts. We got 75%, 5% can percentage over 300, 300, 300 passing yards, 329 yards and a touchdown for Ritter. Got Kyle Pitts involved. Got Johnny, got Johnny Smith involved. It was a little bit of a 12, bit of a 12. 
12 personnel slash, you know, Kyle Pitts doing his thing even on the perimeter. And uh, uh, it's, it's a step forward, right? Forward, right? The Falcons are an absolute punching bag for fantasy analysts because of how Arthur Smith has designed the offense. And if they're not taking advantage of everyone. So, you know, if Ritter can get it done and prop up a couple of these players in any given week, we've, we've got to you know, be thankful because as it feels like these things are going to be few and far between. Maybe this was a turning point here in week five, 20, 22 fantasy points, definitely more than I would have thought we'd see from Ritter uh, at, at any point this season. And I want to on his upcoming schedule too, just to see if there's anything to take away uh, uh, there. You know, this map with Carolina, he's got another divisional matchup. matchup with t- um, oh, excuse me, my, my screen was updating here. This was the Houston matchup. It was actually a negative matchup uh, for the Falcons. Uh, coming into the game, Houston, one of the easiest passing defenses in the entire NFL. And, uh, and um, you know, we're done there. He's got, he's got Washington. This week, who was absolutely shredded by Justin Fields. Then he's got Tampa in week seven. Now that I'm looking at the tight, uh, the Titans, the Titans in week eight, nine. So, so, you know, he had Green Bay, he had Jacksonville the first couple weeks. Maybe it's just taking a while to heat up. I don't think Desmond Ritter is somebody that you need to go add on the waiver wire. Uh, we've got guys cover, covering that. If you want to read a little, a little bit more about that, I'm not advocating for Desmond Ritter yet uh certainly but you know we'll, you know we'll keep an eye on it at the running back position this and though this is where, i mean this is where the rubber re- meets the road and travis Etienne, he was he, he was he was round three four pillar round three four three four turn pick in high stakes fantasy lots of main event investment there uh uh from and i and dave and i are actually sporting three top 250 teams a couple of top 100 teams after the first five weeks of the season and i think we've got etn pair of those so we were pumped to see 136 rushing yards against the Bills. You know, Bills, you know, Bills defense, you know, tough draw, man. And Ethan ETN shredded them. 5.2 yards of carry on 26 attempts, two rushing TDs, fees, targets, four receptions, and 48, 48 yards. Like, this is awesome. This is this was McCaffrey-like production and McCaffrey-like usage usage for Travis 30, 34 blistering fantasy points and formats. Overall RB one on the week, you gotta love to see it. And been a little bit of a slow start for ETN. And you know, it really wasn't what his drafters had in mind taking him in that area of the draft. Um, you know, the twenty one points in week one was fine, but we had a six points point week two and a 10-4. You're not looking for that for that. And a guy that you know was maybe the anchor in a lot of hero RB teams or hyper fragile team, fragile team. Drafting at you know the end of end of first round draft slots. This is really going to do a lot for his uh, forward look. When I look up, up at the match analysis tool and the strength of schedule tools uh, for ETN, he's got Indianapolis in week six. That's that's a great great matchup. Natural matchup with the Saints in week seven, and then a couple of tough pairings with the Steelers and the Niners on either side of his bottom of his bye week. Uh, he's got week eight and week ten there with them there with the week nine. So you know you know. Versus mean year to date. I mean, he had the I mean, he had the KC matchup, Falcons and the Bills. You know, it's, that's actually probably a little bit of a better run there. Um, the thing I like about ETN, ETN, Tennessee playoff schedule. He's got the Ravens, Bucks, and Panthers in 15, 16, 17. Really liking that. Not the greatest week necessarily to trade for ETN after he's exploded, but in redraft, if, if you can go get him, you know, I think that the Jag, Jags are starting to get figured out. Now, now 
planning was always a little tricky and the, and the Jags probably did have the advantage being fully adjusted to the time zone, being there for a couple of weeks, weeks coming in, having to make all those adjustments. You know, I, I think the Jag, the Jaguars are going to continue to emerge over you to emerge over the season and with their schedule easier, easier enough, especially for the rushing attack than it was in the front half. I like it. Uh, I like it a lot, a lot, actually. Don't be afraid to go make a move for ETN there at, at RB2. I mean, I would think think this would be the only time we'd see him there. Zach Moss, Moss said, Jonathan got his contract. I'm going to make the Colts look dumb for investing investing all of this money at the running machine because he popped off for, off for 165 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns, caught a pair of targets for targets for 30 yards. I mean, if Moss had done this, had done this for weeks while Jonathan Taylor's out, we might not be sitting here, man. We might not be sitting here. Uh, but he, I mean, he was a revelation, man. He looked great. Actually, ran. I've ne- never seen Zach Moss run away from a defense like he'd big long run in this game. It was nice to see. And I mean, now that the Colts are tied to Jonathan Taylor for all this, gu- this guarantee and he's locked in, I mean, he got like, got like a nub like deal almost here. I think it was the largest deal since the largest deal for a running back since Nick Chubb got his deal a couple years ago. So it's nice for them to know that yeah, maybe we can maybe we can give eighty percent of the t- that we were thinking uh, if we've got a capable guy and Zach Moss thirty three point five PPR for Zach Moss. Zach Moss just explosion. I would expect Jonathan Taylor to take over as the lead back next week, if not the week after. Going to take a minute for him to get fully back into playing shape, but he was involved even more than I expected him to be. In week three, three there, RB three is really exciting, exciting for me because he, Brees Hall, Hall has finally put Dalvin Cook grave. Brees Hall, Brees Hall, all the athleticism back. He's back. He's got that gear back, and he's going to be the key to the Jets' offense. I mean, they they don't want to have on Zach Wilson. That's that's their sin. That's what they have to do. And if if you can lean on Brees Hall and then and then get them going, get the RPOs going. For Zach Wilson, playoff playoff of this running game. Lean on your you know you know defense. Extend the drives. Slow, slow down. Uh, or I guess milk the clock and speed up the game in terms of you know number you know number of possessions that team's going to get. You know maybe that the Jets can still be competitive. You get twenty two rushing attempts, one hundred attempts, one hundred seventy seven touchdown from your from your star running back. Less than a year removed for removed from a tear. I mean that. I mean, that's that's awesome. I mean it's absolutely awesome. A month awesome. A month on the Dynasty Command Center podcast. I was cast. I was de- you know is Brees Hall my RB one or is Bijan Robinson my RB one? I mean you're liking liking them both uh, here. You, you you like to see Brees Hall being able to do this. Twenty eight point four PPR. Really really got it done. It done against the goes. Uh, looking forward at his schedule over the next couple of weeks. I think that we can that we can still expect. You know the Jets to to keep Dalvin Cook minimally involved now that we've got this emergent and and Jets had just brutal brutal first month of this every I mean they had the hardest matchups for any team against running for running back fantasy matchups over the first four weeks of the season they had Buffalo Dallas New England and Kansas City nobody had a draw the Jets had a draw then they get juiciest matchup of all with Denver in Week Five. And now it's neutral, neutral for a while. We got Philly, New York, New York, uh, the Giants. That is uh, the uh, the Chargers and the Raiders. Next, the next, the next four games for Brees Hall. There is a bye. There is a bye week seven. But the next four games for Brees Hall 
I mean, much easier sailing than we saw over the first month of the season. So, uh, uh, I think anybody's, I mean, I mean, this is what you wanted to see from Brees Hall. I don't, I don't think anybody's moving them after this, but maybe the, maybe the, the Brees Hall manager, you know, you know, was really, really struggling in your redraft league. And, you know, they're like one in four through five weeks or weeks or something. And they just have to have the fan fantasy point seven. And, and you've got a, a back that doesn't have a week seven buy that you can move there and make the pivot. I mean, I, I mean, I like it. Brees Hall is going to close the season much stronger than he opened it due to health, due to the, due to the, it's kind of figuring out what it needs to look like, what that look like without now. And then also, you know, you know, just the defensive matchups that, that he's going to have, going to have over the month and a half of the season. So congrats, Brees Hall. We love to see it. We love to see that double digit target share too. 11.5% percent, percent target share. You know, maybe we'd see that creep, creep a little bit higher, but we get 10 plus percent with the rushing efficiency we'd expect from Brees Hall. You know, we'll take, we'll take that all day. Devon, a Chan, Chan. Is this guy the next Jamal Charles, Charles, or the next J2K? I think it's, I think it's like Johnson, man. I just, I just haven't seen this type of speed from a running back in like a useful type, type of speed. I mean, there's been plenty of, plenty of guys, that, you know, running that 4 4, sub 4 4 at running back that have come, come into the NFL. But a Chan does it in a way, you know, almost reminds me of like when he, when he gets to the corner. It, it's like one of, the, of those high speed uh, motorcycles, you know, that that's doing the, the accelerating into the curves. Like, like it's he he doesn't have to cut and stop and restart. It's you know, he can he's so he's so fluid even at speed. I just don't know. Just don't know. I mean, I don't know what what can you do as a defense against that. I mean, he he's facing corners that run four four corners that run four three. They can't get an angle on him he's still just he beats him he beats he beats him to a purple and just outruns him turns him to the spot it's crazy 11 rushing attempts for 151 yards 13.7 yards per attempt attempt and we use the overall fantasy rb1 now on the season uh didn't really even play much in weeks one and six one and two crazy man it's crazy we haven't seen this type of excitement at the running back running back position long time and it's you know, he's now now on that short list of players. Every time he touches the ball, you're just, you're just worried. Worried. Uh, you know, if you're facing him, you're, you're worried he's gonna he's gonna house. And it's just unfair the way the Dolphins have built this offense to have both him and Tyree Kill. And and oh by the way, by the way, it's like Jalen Waddle is an afterthought, and Raheem is almost an afterthought, even though they've got all that speed too. It's just crazy. Twenty one point five p point five PPR here, a Chan. I'm bringing him up in my dynasty rankings. He's gonna go top, top, top five RBs. I mean, I mean, you have to. He's been moving up multiple, you know, multiple rounds every week over the course course of the season. I mean, he's he's like a borderline round two super flex dynasty startup next year now. And I mean, as Sean and John and Ben and covered in their off season season podcast, you really want to try to be acquire, acquiring and building teams around. You know whether whether it's your dynasty, you want the guys that are going to be drafted, be drafted high and right because I mean, it's, next year's ADP is a response to this year's production. And a Chan, I mean, he's he's he rushed for fifteen hundred yards this year. You know, with double digit touchdowns and you know thirty reception or something like that. This guy's incredible. Uh, he's going to be in this space, a base again, no doubt. David Montgomery filling filling in for 
uh, Jameer Gibbs, I guess not filling in, but getting the, all of the work with Jameer Gibbs out. And Craig Reynolds, you know, he got some t- some touches here and there. Montgomery was the feature back from the back from the Lions. We already talked Jared Goff, but 19 for one and touchdown, six targets for Monty. Only able to crowd two of them for 20 yards. 20 yards does have 20.9 PPR. He's your he's your arb of the week. Looking like looking like a great pick. It's looking like a great pick. Great pick. Nobody nobody limit David Montgomery in their best in their best bio at this point. And uh, there's actually only five running backs that had 20 plus PPR. Pending Monday, pending Monday nights, Monty slides in there uh, nicely. Let's go over to the wide receiver position. It was Jamar Chase, man. Uh, uh, only guy in what I would call like, you know, near, near term modern NFL, you know, last 10, 15, 15 years with three plus 50 point PPR performances under his belt. Just crazy. He said he's always open. He, he's open. He, he's open. You can just throw him the ball. You know, T. Higgins wasn't in this game. I think this is the type of a game that the Bengals really need. Uh, I, my brother-in-law uh, is a huge Bengals fan, lives next door. So, you know, we take turns, you know, watching each other's, each other's teams. We're ball together this year, which I love. And it's been hard. I mean, sitting there watching this Bengals offense. Like, it's been boring watching them, watching the Bengals. They've stunk. Absolutely, absolutely stunk. And this was the type of performance they needed. Get the ball to your player. 19 targets. 19 targets from our chase. 43.2% target, target share. 15 receptions, receptions, 100 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, and the, and the hits just kept coming. 52.2.2. P- Chase had a Chase had a 1.3% air yard share. One of the highest numbers of the week. Only a, a couple players went above percent. Looks like about four, four uh, that so far. But just on the volume, I mean, this was like a, this was a Cooper Cup Cup type. Purse. This was a Keenan Allen type type purpose. You got the volume and you got the production. But with Chase, what's nice is he just got he just got that score in the touchdowns when he's in these flow state flow states. And I mean, he, he's t- he's totally recovered the opinion of of him as a, I mean, he was a consensus consensus type top four pick all all summer long. And I mean, people were worried, looking like a huge whiff potentially, especially with Cup coming back. Looking the way that he looked, you know, this was a week that Chase really needed to, needed to show, and he did show. You know, that's that's great. Uh, I don't know how long T Higgins will be out, but man, you're feeling good, Mar Chase, in, in all format formats now. And it was nice watching that game too. I think part of what unlocked this because this because it, it's just that Chase played well, played well. Burrow looks like he's moving a little bit better now. He looks like he's. He's driving off that calf a little bit more. He moved outside the pocket a couple, couple times with more comp, more confidence. It doesn't look like he's favoring the calf as much anymore, which which is good. Good. So it continues to be healthier. And he even said he, this is the best he's felt after after a game uh, after week four heading and heading into this week. Best that he's felt in terms of quick recovery. So for all the the Bengals, you know, investors this season, you know, you love to see you love to see this. D more on the other end of that just that Justin breakout that we talked about the quarterback position. Sean and I had both Chase and Chase and more in our uh uh FFPC pros versus Joe's Dynasty squad going this week. Just you know, feel feel bad for the poor guy that we we played against. Um, because I mean you get, a, you get over a hundred points just from those two receivers and and you know, DJ man, 10 targets gets 40% target share. Uh, he had eight receptions for 230 yards, yards career for him. Also had three re- receiving pounds. I mean, it's kind of like a formality here, right? 
uh, the PPR for for is the only reason that Chase is the is the the one this week rather than the wide receiver two, and half PPR DJ Moore actually uh, out, uh, outpaced of the advantage in yardage and and you know measuring up in the touchdowns downs forty four half PPR points for Moore just to forty two point seven for Chase so more more you know you're you're pumped about him uh, uh, this is we've been wanting you know his entire career Rotoviz have been staunch supporters of DJ Moore continue continue to draft him every single year. Regardless of the of the back situation, regardless of the team situation, and you know it's the best he's ever had. It. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what him and Fields the rest of the season. Tyree Kill. I don't know. We'll probably be here seventy percent of the week weeks. Just a casual, casual eighty-one and a touchdown on thirty-two percent target market share. Caught eighty-nine percent of his balls. Thirty-one PPR. An astronomical two point eight two racer. This guy's nuts, man. And it says he's going to retire after 2025. That's all he's going to need to be a Hall of Famer. We've already got the Super Ring. And and serious now, Tyreek is serious for for the first 2,000-yard receiving season in 2020. In 2020, officially putting us on watch. watch. And I'm going to love every single week of it. Tua stays healthy. Tyreek's going to put up an all-time great season. And we can watch it together. It's going to be great. Now, wide receiver four and five, this is where it gets a little interesting because we're going back to that feeling well. You, you kidding me? Adam Thielen is a wide receiver one on the season. And Dave and I just love to see it because we have massive exposure, exposure here. It's all basically tied back to, to a quote from Bryce Young in the offseason that, you know, you know, of the targets that he had available to him, to him, the guy that was always getting open in practice. He is, he's the guy that he always where he was supposed to be. And, you know, if I know, if I know B, he's going to get the ball if he's actually there. And that's what we've seen play out. Now, now the Panthers had a really green schedule from a wide receiver matchup perspective, plus matchups in each of the five, uh, the first five weeks of the season, season with Atlanta, then Seattle, Minnesota, and Detroit, Detroit. They're neutral next week with Miami. Obviously, they're going to have to pass to keep up. I would expect to expect to see Thielen to, to eat there. There, it gets a little bit of a tougher matchup with the Texans in Week Eight after the bye, and then it gets juicy again. Again, man, he gets the Colts, Bears, 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 Boytons, Weeks Nine through Twelve. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be the only question because I mean, he's just continued to, you know, he's continued to eat. He's been feasting. You know, all, all year I'm out his game log. I mean, if if you get you know eight, nine, fourteen targets per week, you're going to score a touchdown every other every other week. You know, 145 yards yards when you pop. I mean, Thielen's looking looking like a borderline wide receiver two, wide receiver one this year. He's really getting it done. Caught 11 of 30 this week, yards and a touchdown. 32 or uh, 27.7 PPR, rather. Um, you know the air yard. You know the air yards. It's totally disproportionate uh, to some of these other guys that are, are showing on up in the type. But you know he's doing it on, on volume. He's he's doing it a different. I mean, looking at this, you know, eighty six air yards, but yards, but he's a wide, a wide receiver. Fight. His average depth of the target is it is six points. You know, compared to DJ, DJ Moore's eleven point five, or compared to the wide receiver five in the week. George five in the week. George two's average depth target was nineteen teen points. This was a cool performance by George Pickens. 10, tar- ten targets for 130 and a touchdown. And a rushing attempt go for 16, 16 rushing yards as well. 20.6. And it was, I mean, it was really a feature play. Feels like, a, you know, kind of a, 
a breakout type play, you know, iced the game for the for the Steelers against the Ravens, a, a must win situation in that competitive AFC North environment. And for Kenny Pickett and George have an audible where they where they can Andy. I'm assuming that's Randy Moss. You know, I'm throwing you the jump ball. It's it, it's it's I got I got man on man coverage coverage no safety that's going to be able to get over there over there on Randy and I'm I'm tossing you the ball deep, 41 yard strike, boom, ice, ice the game. George Pickens, uh, uh, yeah, I I mean this is great. I mean out Pickens outperforming Stephon Diggs in a great week. DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins and Puka and Cooper Cup up and AJ Brown in great weeks. The thing you watch with George Pickens, Pickens before you get too excited, and I mean, he, I mean, he has playing well. Is you know this has been happening without Deontay Johnson, and the and the, the team continue to highlight Deontay. Deontay turn really important for their outlook. Mike Tomlin's been talking a lot about Deontay Johnson in press conferences, and you know I think that these these weeks are going to continue to be sporadic for Pickens. I mean, you know this this is his second wide receiver one one week on the year uh, in his other three weeks, he's been a wide receiver three. I mean, and, and, De- and Deontay Johnson's is for the season. He was early in- injured in week one. So, you know, you, you like to see the targets, but you know, it, he hasn't, been, he hasn't been getting consistently three games under 12 PPR. So just a word of caution. I mean, he's still, I mean, he's still, he's like a wide three with weekly upside upside or a with weekly upside. He's not in that, I wouldn't say that, you know, you know, if, if you drafted wide receiver well, you know, if you drafted a zero RB type team and George Pickens is your wide receiver receiver four, he's not auto start yet. He's just not. And he, he's not going to be auto start start once Deontay Johnson's back there. Now we see another another week or two of this. You know, we see a week of this in Deontay Johnson's first week back, for example. Example. Okay. You know, a little bit differently. But you know, this is a little bit more of the same. You know, last year he had some pretty nice performance performance you know not to the degree that week two and week five week five for him this year you know but we saw quite a few solid you know wide receiver two seasons couple couple 18 uh or games rather a couple 18 point games wide receiver one performances last year but you know those games where he did where he didn't hit wasn't really given anything and that's why he was a frustrating you know, even though there's some upside there he's frustrating asset last year for people that wanted that true breakout breakout and i don't know if they're yet so we got to keep an eye on eye on george Pitt, but Obviously, it's great to have your name. Name, to have your name, and the Tuesday and the Tuesday take fives. You know, at least for that week, you week you were helping fantasy managers win matchups. We're gonna round it out with the tight end position, and uh, man, man, Sammy Laporta uh, getting it done again. He doesn't finishes the the tight end in one, but you know. Uh, we've t- already talked about the Detroit Lions. Maybe I'll run the tight ends in reverse. Just to give a little intrigue here. Here, Sam Laporta was tight end five, nineteen point seven PPR. Um, you know, this, you know, this was this was a touchdown type week. He did not dominate the target share, even with Amon Ross St. Brown out. Only four targets for Sam Laporta, just a 14, 14.8 target share this week. But when three of you know you have three receptions, and, receptions and and two touchdowns, you know that's going to get it. That's going to get it done. That's going to get it done anytime. Two touchdowns. Touchdowns is always going to get you the top five as a tight end. Four, tight end four. So nineteen point seven points for Sam Laporta. <laughs> He's got to be in your top three for for dynasty for sure at the pin. No doubt about it. Probably the most impressive start to a rookie's tight end tight end career that we've seen since Evan Ingram. You know, you know, half years ago or whatever. So Laporta getting it done. Not his first appearance here this year. Won't be his last. Won't be his last. Logan Thomas, 
back, back. And so on the other side of that Bears breakout, we saw Logan Thomas actually finish a game relative, relatively healthy. And he was eating. This is like what he did. He did what like Waller was supposed to do all year. And you got nine receptions on 11, on 11, 77 yards and a receiving touchdown. And that's a nice performance from Logan Thomas. I mean, he's over the age of 30 now. Now, you know, inverted quarterback. The athleticism has ever been a question. And this this is the type of usage the team was talking about in camp. And he was a favorite late round target, especially in tight end premium, end premium format, you know, throughout the summer. It just keeps getting every single week. Now, when you get a, a performance like this, you know, now, you know, now Thomas's radar of of if he's fully healthy, you know, now I got I got to think about having him in that lineup. And even if he's your tight end too, you know, on FFPC, for example, you're thinking, okay, maybe this guy's a guy I'm looking out for flex play this week, even if he's not my not my tight end one. And one. So we got to keep an eye on Logan, Logan Logan Thomas from a health perspective, getting it going there a little bit with Sam Howe, 20% target share at tight end. You know, you know, that's, that's what you want to see. I mean, he got the usage we would have liked to have seen from Laporta. Uh, you know, uh, you know, moving the change squad. It's great. Kelsey tight end three on the week, 10 receptions, not an efficient week for him. Just 67 yards, seven yards, but down, uh, you know, it's Kelsey stuff, 28.2% target, target share, 27 PPR, you know, the ankle, you know, the ankle is what you got to watch. And I don't know. I mean, are you guys watching the Chiefs this year? I mean, obviously they're in prime. They're in prime time. You know, most situations. For those of you that don't have, you know, a ticket, but he, he doesn't quite right. Like, I don't know if like, I don't know if he's up or he just hasn't been fully and fully healthy. I don't think this like extreme, extremely low ankle sprain is necessarily going is necessarily going to either. It's a four point seven a dot and a dot this week. You know, you're obviously playing him if he's if he's suiting up. You're never set, sitting sitting Kelsey. Kelsey, I don't know. I mean, it's a long season. We're not calling him a. We're, I mean, you're never going to call him a bust. Say, um, if, if he ends up top three tight end, or you know, even if he's if he's the tight end one overall, but he has he hasn't given us those big eruptions to where, to where you know he's separated from the pack, and he was going mid going mid one. And PPR, let alone or let alone premium, where he's doing 101 still in some situations. So we got to watch the health here. And to see nobody else really stepping up for the Chiefs at wide receiver, Kelsey not having those massive performances yet. So I'd like to, to see him get him get it done. Need to see that first 28 to 30 point week from Kelsey that we got so accustomed to last year. And obviously we're crossing we're crossing our health now at tight end two and tight end two and tight end one. This is needed. This is what these drafters. Have been waiting for, down for Dallas Otter, the tight end on the week, 25.7.7. And he was a focal point of the Philly offense this week, like he hasn't been all season. I mean, he really been a liability, liability fantasy lineups through the first four weeks of the season. I mean, because everybody that drafted Dallas Goddard was trouting them out there, but he's just done zero until, until this week. So, so finally, it's to see him. This is the type of performance where, you know, you go eight for 117 and a touchdown. You have 27% target share. You're catching almost 90% of your targets. They have a 1.82 racer, 56 yards after the, after the catch. I need to resort this column. I think, yeah, he led all tight ends. Dallas Goddard did with 50, did with 50 starts after the catch for our Monday review tool. Review tool. That needed to see. That's what you needed to see from Goddard to feel good about having, having your know, top five round draft pick in him this offseason. And, uh, you know, he's going to fly up 
the uh, you know the rankings in terms of fantasy production for the year. Let's get into his matchup analysis a little bit. The NFL Stat Explorer because you know people are obviously hoping hoping that this ends a positive situation. So he had so he had the Rams week. He's got the Jets in week week six. It's a little bit of a matchup. The Dolphins have Dolphins have been in a nice match. He gets them in week seven seven neutral with the Commanders. Pretty neutral with the Cowboys. A couple of tough matchups with Case Buffalo in weeks eleven and eleven and twelve. And then it's neutral to slightly positive, really, the rest of the season. So, you know, that's the tough thing. <clears throat> the tough thing with the Eagles is that at this performance by Goddard, you know, it 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 was based based upon the relegation, of, you know, basically no pro- production by, you know, Devontae Smith. And you're, and you're not going to have every week. So, you know, there's a lot of mouths to feed. And when the Eagles are running the ball well and well, and Deion Swift is getting and Jalen Hurts is Hurts is rushing 22 yards and you know, he's putting a touchdown in. Starts to really limit things, limit things. So where maybe only these guys is really going to, really going to be after each week, and you know the odds-on favorites tend to be AJ Brown because of that rapport. So, Goddard, I think in at the end of the year in the raw counting stats, he's going to be there as that mid tight end one probably it, because you're going to you're going to have you know weeks like this, and and it's all going to add up. But I'm not saying that you know like in a tough matchup with the buff with the Buffalo flow, for example, in week twelve. I mean, if, I mean if I had a of options. Where, you know, and we were just talking about Logan, talk about Logan, Tom, I mean, you know, if you, if you had a stream, had a streamer out, if you had Jake Ferguson on your squad, or if you had, uh, Alan Joku, some of these guys that had, you know, if they, you know, if they had a Rusey matchup, you know, maybe you're sitting Goddard for them in a spot. Uh, and it doesn't feel good based off of what you invested, but you know, the game log has been pretty ugly up until this week. Uh, just no touchdowns and hasn't been efficient, efficient at all. So I like seeing the yards after catch. Maybe maybe he's getting it go a little bit. But you know, despite involvement, you know, week two he had seven targets. Week three he had seven. He had seven tar- targets. Week four gets. I mean, that's mid- that's middling in one type of. But we saw twenty two, forty one, and twenty five receiving yards. On so uh, better showing for God. Showing for God, or he keeps it rolling with that. Uh, you know, neutral to slightly positive schedule. Rest of, rest of the season. George Kittle. You know, pending Monday night, he's your tight end one on the week, and it was awesome. It was on Sunday night football, twenty point, uh, 27.77 from George Kittle. I mean, this is you know three recep- receptions, three touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, that's as clean as it gets. He, he basically had Sam Laporta's week, uh, but on his but on his third, um, he scored a touchdown on that too. And these Iowa tight ends, man. They're they're cut from a different cloth. What was really cool, I'm sure most of you have seen it by now. The Niners actually actually drawing up a play for Kittle, Kittle that that they saw Ian's game earlier that that day. It was like a uh between the tackles double reverse uh with uh with a to the the tight end Laporta, Laporta scored and then Kittle scored on it. I mean Shanahan was was just absolutely a blast and this total demolition of the Cowboys. So Kittle Kittle oh you like to see this. 49 49ers to mouth to feed there obviously but but you know Kittle will get in here a little bit you know he's a little bit you know he's capable away from people uh, um so you know you feeling good about that the, the, the takeaway here is you see th- three of the five tight ends in the top five finally be guys that were drafted as top five tight ends or Goddard in some cases this is a, a top six tight end so you know the names have been have been a little bit of a bag year to date other than Kelsey Kelsey getting in there a little bit this is what you this is what you wanted to see. If you're in early, you've got to get that diff that differential. 
uh, in production. You got to win that matchup against your opposing tight end in fantasy. That's the whole point of that value big base drafting strategy. And and good old Kelsey helped get that done a little bit here. Laporta is going to continue to be featured in that space. Space, I think, just some honorable mention because a lot of tight ends kind of were heating up. Many more tight ends scoring double digit PPR this week. Week and actually nine tight ends and score more than fifteen PPR uh, Thursday through Sunday, which is a high water mark mark uh, for this on the year. We saw we saw Dalton Schultz with nine point five PPR. Darren Waller finally having. A representative week, 16 air yards, turn that into 66 PPR hits. I mean, finally woke up, Undertaker, right? Rising out of the coffin, the coffin, throwing 16.6 or 15.7 PPR for Kyle Pitts, rather. Cole Komet and the support work work for D. Moore and uh, Justin Fields back this Thursday with 15.2 PPR. And, uh, you know, you like you like to hear some teams. They're going to mix in there. These are the guys going to potentially challenge for tight end six to tight end nine type, product, type production this year. You'll really need a, you know, five, five, six weeks with this type of production to get you there at the end of the season. So, uh, hey, uh, it's Tuesday. Take five, five, week five in review. Hopefully, hopefully Dave will be feeling better as it goes on. If not, I'll be not solo for a Dynasty Command Center uh podcast midweek and then of course we'll get back to the start sit show show on so thanks for tuning in and we'll be back next week with more fancy goodness on rotoviz radio